Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast today. My name is Tim Price, and I'm excited to share my interview with Brad Hafes, who is the founder of Fresh Hope for Mental Health, based in Omaha, Nebraska. Brad is a pastor, a musician, and he has also himself dealt with mental health issues, which makes him a great guest on the podcast today. Worship leaders and really anyone serving on stage is likely to experience some effects of the burden of comparison, of people-pleasing, of trying to live up to the perceived expectation, and that really makes worship leaders all the more susceptible to mental health struggles. We will get to that information in a moment, but as a word of encouragement, in case you are dealing with some of these issues right now, I want to encourage you to reach out to Fresh Hope. Uh, One email address is jason at freshhope.us. Or contact a hotline if you're dealing with current major issues. There's no shame in getting help. The Worship Leader Toolbox is designed for worship leaders and teams to offer practical encouragement for those leading in the local church. We hope that you'll find our website helpful, worshipleadertoolbox.com, as well as our podcast. Be sure to download the free 10-point checklist for worship leaders when you go to our website. And now let's turn to this interview with Brad Hafes. It's great to be here with Brad Hafes, founder of Fresh Hope for Mental Health. And he's on the podcast today to share with us and kind of focus in on this side of mental health, especially during May being Mental Health Awareness Month, kind of with a focus on people that serve in ministry. And so I want to welcome you, Brad, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Tim. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's great to to meet you and get connected and to learn about your organization. Fresh Hope for um, Mental Health was started by you. It's been around for about 15 years. There's about uh, 14 staff people plus numerous other facilitators. Uh, Your organization is in 14 or 15 countries. So this isn't just a a small thing, but it's also, um, you know, a, a major issue in our culture and in our world. And so oh, it really uh, is a major issue. Absolutely. So it takes a lot of people to, to help others along. And so what inspired you to start the Fresh Hope for Mental Health? <laughs> well, I'll try to make that as short as possible. Um, in 1995, I was pastoring, pastoring the 13th fastest growing Protestant church in North America. And I um, had a manic episode I had no idea that I had bipolar disorder at the time, and I was just reeling out of control, and then I hit uh, a deep depression. I was, the manic episode became very public, and I ended up going to a hospital for about three weeks in outpatient up in Michigan, and um, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. One of the funny stories is, is that I was in the support group during the day, you know, they had all kinds of sessions when I was in the hospital. And uh, I thought maybe I was bipolar when I heard one of the gals speak. And I said to my doctor, I said, hey, do you think I have bipolar disorder? She was about 70 years old and had been a missionary to Africa. And she said, oh, honey, yes, you have bipolar disorder. And I said, oh, well, why didn't you tell me that at the first appointment I had? And she said, you were talking too much. (laughs) So by the time I got to the hospital, I was ready to run the hospital because I had taken only Prozac for the depression. And that's not good for those of us who have bipolar to just take an antidepressant. We need a mood stabilizer. Anyway, 
long story short, fast forward seven years, I ended up in the hospital again due to a situation. And then um, when that happened, I decided, okay, I need to learn more about this disease. And I attended some support group meetings. And uh, honestly, I have to say, they just made me worse because they were hopeless. They, it was more about how do you live with this? And, you know, I needed to learn how to live well in spite of having it. And so I complained for quite a few years to my doctor. And finally he said, well, why don't you start the kind of group that you want to attend and I'll help you. And so I started one group. That's all I intended to do. I did not intend to start an international ministry for those who have mental health issues, but there must've been a lot of people that were looking for hope-filled, faith-based um, Christian mental health support groups. And lo and behold, we're now we're up to a hundred or so of those kinds of groups. And we have other groups that we do. We kind of specialize now in peer-to-peer -peer help, peers helping peers, people with learned experience in something, helping those who are going through it. So that, yeah, that, that's, that's an awesome testimony. And um, that, that idea of peer-to-peer, -peer, I mean, is that unusual in the counseling world? I know there's a lot of support groups, so I guess that is kind of a thing, but what makes you kind of focus on that? Well, um, the research shows that when someone who is a peer helps someone who is a peer, that they, uh, especially if the peer was trained or certified, that they get the person that they're helping or the people that they're helping, people get better and they get, it's just as effective as the support that you would get from a therapist hmm. as it is um, to do peer to peer and people do well. And there's not, there are not enough therapists. And um, I would say you need both because uh, a therapist is not going to be, you're not going to be able to call a therapist on a bad day, but a peer who understands how to live, you know, it's like the counselor, the therapist is on the medical side of things. And the peer is on the, here's how you live in the real world side of things. Yeah, I mean, they, it's the relational side that allows you to um, absolutely, absolutely. any time, but also they, they walk through it and they may not be having a bad day that day and so they can you know yeah and you know the thing is is that people get better when they help other people because they they finally have their eyes off themselves and on others the other thing is is that um i i find it interesting that with the peers helping peers it it invigorates them with a passion and a reason to live and it, it's really a wonder. I've been a pastor, like we said, for 38 years or something like that. And I've never seen lives change so easily as they do in healthy um, support groups. That is, that's an awesome witness. That's a great line. I mean, it's a, a yeah. advocate for making those seem uh, totally great. I, I would just like to note that I'm a musician myself. Oh, really? And so for... Uh, you know, and I could tell you that um, statistically, those of us who are musicians and the creative people in this world, 
tend to have more, we have a higher statistic and a higher rate of uh, especially depression, anxiety, and bipolar disorder. And uh, so for some of your worship leaders that are listening, especially if they're the kind that would write music or, um, you know, write songs, they're going to be the creative type and they're going to be more prone. Doesn't mean they will develop it, but they're going to be a little more prone to having mood disorders or thought disorders. And um, there's no shame in it. The most creative people in the world have suffered from having mental health challenges, but um, one has to learn how to live well with it instead of, instead of letting it um, kind of press you in. Yeah, I mean, that's an amazing thought there too, because I've always said some of my most often, um, that I've just always said that seems like uh, artists have a more tendency to, you know, stay up all night because they're writing a song or listen to a concert until who knows when. And it just seems like those boundaries in an artist's mind are different than in a different occupation. And the fact that you just said that's kind of researched or whatever, that really confirms that because yeah, you can just see that. There's the people pleasing. I mean, and and those things are are good to an extent because you're able to read the audience, sure. do all those things, but then you have this other side that puts a burden on you. And so, absolutely. Yeah. So we could jump there for a minute because it a lot of worship leaders listen to this podcast. At least we hope a lot of worship leaders listen to this podcast. <laughs> but, uh, what what can people who are on the stage, whether they're a pastor or a musician, um, that that kind of stage burden of being in front and and kind of having the sense that you shouldn't have those issues. Uh, you know, it's still kind of a taboo thing, right. even though it might be lessening. It's still right. there. Well. You know, there's always shame behind almost everything in this life because shame is just part of the fall of mankind into sin. And, um, but the reality is that I am, my brain and your brain, anyone's brain is no more spiritual than any other part of your body. And, and the brain is affected by the fall of mankind into sin, just like every other aspect of our bodies. And our thinking, our moods, our memories, all those kinds of things are done by our brain. Now, if I had a brain tumor, or let's say I had Alzheimer's, you would understand how the brain is not functioning right, correct? Well, that same thing is true with depression or bipolar disorder or whatever. It's a chemical issue. It's an electrical issue with currents in the brain. And um, I, I like, I heard Dr. Caroline Leaf say this to me. She told me this several times. The um, mind is what the brain does. So if the brain is not firing on all of its cylinders, and no one's does completely, but when it's misfiring such that life is interrupted, you're going to have a hard time being in your right mind. And uh, so the mind is where kind of the spiritual and faith issues are. But if your brain is not functioning right, how, you know, so it's not a matter of faith. It's not a matter of a character flaw. It's not a matter of any of those things. It's physiological. And um, it's too bad we call it mental health because mental health is physical health. It, it, it's all tied together. You can't 
separate us, you know, uh, into those kinds of parts as human beings. God didn't make us that way. That is really, that's good. And, and I think the word mental health is probably some of the barrier for people to admit publicly or to, you know, until, right. until they're forced to based on some kind of scenario that comes up. And, 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 you know, the other thing is, is the truth is creative people also write from their point of pain. Uh, if you write music, like I've written some worship songs that got published and uh, years ago, they're not popular anymore. <laughs> and they were mainly among Lutherans. Um, but, um, you know, when that happens and uh, you have pain, many times you write yourself out of the pain or you write from a perspective of, of understanding what the Lord did through difficulties. And, um, you know, I think about that old song through it all, you know, mm -hmm. that it was... Uh, if I had never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. You know, obviously yeah. he had some problems or he couldn't have written that, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome. That's a good thing. So how do, um, you kind of hit on this, but how do worship leaders or pastors or whoever is serving, how do they, uh, you know, strike that balance between performing and then also the idea of perfectionism and all the things that kind of play in. Oh, yes. The, because the game, all that stuff. Yep. There, there comes a point where I think musicians and pastors have to realize that they are not human doings, that they're human beings and learning how to just be and be okay in your own skin and with who you are. Yes, there's times where you have to get up and you have to, I, I don't think of preaching as performing, but you're on, you know, you got to deliver it in such a way that people want to listen. And uh, as well with music, there's a performance element to it. Um, but when I take care of my mental health, and even more so, my emotion, or not more so, but as much so, <laughs> It, when I take care of my emotional health, which is different than the chemical part, that's the, you know, the emotional self, if I have emotional regulation, and I have good self esteem in Christ, and those kinds of things. If I'm yeah. taking care of those things, I'm going to be a better worship leader, I'm going to be a better pastor to people. And um, I would encourage anybody that might be struggling to either see a therapist or um, talk to um, us here at Fresh Hope. Uh, we help pastors as well as musicians. Um, we have some specific groups for church leaders. And as I was telling you before, uh, we started the interview that we have a new ministry that we're doing called um, Healing the Heart Wounds of Ministry. And that's for um, church leaders and their spouses, where they can come to a group and process the pain of ministry that's caused by it. And because if you don't work through your pain, your pain deals with you. You either deal with it or it deals with you. And um, we, that's we're just beginning that. But I believe that's going to be a significant thing for church leaders, for ministry leaders, because uh I don't, I used to think it was 
I was Lutheran, still am Lutheran, but I thought it was just Lutherans who had difficult people. And I found out, no, they're in every denomination and non-denominational yeah. and interdenominational. Oh, well, I mean, every church is a challenge. There's oh, no yeah. yeah. And, um, and there's hurts and there's pains and it's okay. And I think the idea um, pains could cause even a chemical imbalance in the brain, and then you might need medicine. You yeah, might the, not. I think the focus on you know healing the heart wounds—that's a different sort of spin from mental issues. And you know, and a lot of people resonate to that. I feel like whether they're serving a ministry or a spouse of someone serving a ministry, it's oh yeah, ways yeah. To think about well, that. and it's you know when when we haven't when those heart wounds are there we're not at our best for doing ministry now it's not that we believe we can heal those heart wounds and then you never get another heart wound no you'll get wounded sheep bite they're difficult um you know and when you're helping god's people they're you're going to get hurt but we're going to give you tools for working through that and processing it so it is not an open wound, but to, to allow healing and um, so that you're, that is not driving you. You're not driven by pain. Yeah, you have the tools to, to do something with it. And really, that's, that's the work of the pastors in the church is to help the laity uh, serve Christ with their gifts and abilities right. as possible. And, and that's going to require some, some level of wholeness and willingness to see the victory. And then absolutely. Well, um, I got a couple more questions, but you mentioned a worship leader or a pastor needing to reach out and connect with someone. And if they did reach out to your organization, what does that look like? They, they get on their website, you can share that with us, but does that mean they, find a group in their area or do they get on the phone and talk to somebody or how, what's that look like practically? Our, our group now, if let's say a worship leader had a mental health issue, they have a diagnosis, then I would encourage them to attend one of our online group meetings because that way their confidentiality, they don't even have to say that they're a worship leader, you know, um, and they're going to find a lot of help and support there. If, if you don't have a diagnosis, but, or even if you do have a diagnosis, um, I would contact um, the guy on our staff who's in charge of this. He's a, a Presbyterian pastor um, in the Conservative Presbyterian Church. I don't even know what all the acronyms are. And, and we don't worry about what denomination people are. I'm just happen, happen to bring it up. Um, but um, they want to talk to Jason. And his name is Jason Moore. And they could email him at jason at freshhope.us. He can get them into the right kind of group. He could help them navigate when they could attend a healing the heart wounds of ministry. And by the way, that's for if people are married, that's for both people, the spouse as well. And um, but it's jason at freshhope.us. And we have groups that uh, a few groups that meet now, but we're hoping to have many more groups. And we think that probably online is going to be best because that way you're not running into people from your hometown or your same area, you know, and um, so you feel like you can share and uh, yeah. not have to bear the burdens alone. That's really, that's really good. 
Um, you mentioned earlier how groups felt hopeless and, and kind of led into thinking about the fact that from a Christian perspective, that's about, I mean, you're, you're going to have Christ in your heart and your life and your perspective to, to feel complete in general. But the hopeless nature is kind of like, uh, um, well, yeah, it's it hopelessness, um, hopelessness and hope have been studied from a secular perspective for 25 years, and they have clinical research, they know how it works. And it's as simple as hopelessness is when you don't see a way forward, hope is when you see a way forward through difficult things. Now, the reality is that the best this world has to offer is um, hopeful or wishful thinking or what I'm going to call planning hope, you know, where you plan out your steps. And then if those steps go as you think they should, you'll have, you know, you can have hope through that. Now, that research shows that it works. It absolutely works. However, when you infuse that with faith, when you infuse that with Christ, the sure and certain hope that God will take all things and make them work out together for your good, now you have a whole new level of hope. And we actually, in our groups and in our whole approach with Fresh Hope, we implement this idea of how you use hope or um. Uh, faith-infused hope to really carry you through. Yeah. And um, it's it's just a practical way, but it works. That is, that's awesome. Um, one last thing here, and I would love to have you share, you already shared how to connect with somebody there, Jason at freshhope.us. And, um, and you can also check out brad and the organization's podcast or website there's a lot of good information there and i think the website is just freshhope.us then right yes and you know we have podcasts we have videos we have blogs we have all kinds of things um and resources and they're all free yeah i was just listening through some of those before we got connected and i think it's awesome one last question here as we end and if you'd like to share anything else you're welcome to but what is most important to you as you kind of view the, the impact of Fresh Hope around the nation, around the globe? My, what's really important to me is that the church comes to understand before it's too late that it is filled with an arsenal of people who can be peers to other people, that the ministry of mental health, of helping people in mental health crises and all those kinds of things, the church has the answer. The church needs to wake up. It's not about hiring therapists and psychiatrists and psychologists. Yes, we all need those who have a mental health challenge, but it's more than that. How do we live? There's times between the appointments and medical's not, our, our medicine is not a magical potion you take and it just changes everything by 30 days in, you know. How do you live? How do you live with this? Help me. And if you've been through it, help me. Well, churches can start fresh hope groups. 
um, they can have, we, we train and teach people how to be hope coaches, where we take the essence of how to help people. And that's not just for people with a mental health issue. Um, it's just when life gets messy, sometimes it's hard to move forward. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, to me, it's, I want to shout out, church, wake up wake up do something there's a crisis and since the pandemic it's it's a tsunami of mental health needs yeah that's what i've been hearing i mean it's just uh you know you people can't even look a therapist you know no you can't if and if you want it to get in and see a doctor um you're gonna wait probably six weeks to months and um so you know and then once you see the doctor it's going to be either if you're really needing the doctor you may see him weekly but generally speaking you're going to see him once a month mm -hmm. initially and a therapist you know maybe every two weeks and that's not enough there's a lot of life between those things yeah well it's been awesome to connect with you and it's been um real hopeful. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities that are pretty practical. And even in the desperation of the situations that people find themselves in, and everybody has at some point, you know, the practical nature of the church stepping forward and taking a hold of that, that, you know, it yeah. doesn't cost any money hardly to yep. say, hey, we're going to, we're going to witness to people and, and listen and serve alongside. And, and absolutely. So, yes. And, and what I would encourage if, if anybody that is listening today to this podcast is feeling out of sorts and feeling low, uh, get a hold of us. Uh, my email address is Pastor Brad at freshhope.us, Pastor Brad at freshhope.us. And I would be happy to talk with you. Um, we also have a Hope Coach Connector, a way for people to connect with someone who is a Hope Coach if you're just wanting to talk to somebody. And if you're, if you're suicidal, I have to say this, if you're suicidal, call the hotline. Um, the pain it leaves a family when they lose a loved one to a mental health challenge is really, uh, it, it's, it's so painful for them. And so there's no need to do that. Um, call us, contact us, get a hold of whomever, tell somebody, talk about it. That's a good word. And I appreciate you sharing that. Well, it's been good to have you on the podcast. So thankful for your time today. And especially as we are in this um, month of May, and the focus and the call to the church and all those things to all our listeners, thankful for you listening. And if you find yourself in this boat, there's no shame in it. There is the opportunity right. and the possibility for hope and for living in spite of it. I love that phrase. And so, uh, we praise the Lord for you and, and for fresh hope and pray blessing on you guys. Thank you, Tim. Yep. Good to, good to share with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. We're praying for you and for all our listeners as we keep making an impact in the lives of worship leaders and worship teams around the globe. Before you go, we'd also like to let you know that we have two other podcasts through our ministry. One focused on ministry leadership is called Go Harvest, and the second one is a weekly five-minute devotion called Faithful Friday. You can find out more at harvestministryteams.com slash podcast or go to the link in the show notes. Mm -hmm.